Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown, where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. Tall tales. True stories. And current goings on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in summer. Welcome to episode 53 of the Brown County Hour. This is Dave Seastrom. And Carrie Ray, along with the rest of the crew. This month, we're saying goodbye to a dear friend of ours. After six years on the air, and one before that helping to organize the Brown County Hour, our technical engineer, Jeff Foster, is leaving the show to pursue other interests. We'll be featuring Jeff and his music this month as a tribute to his many years of fine work in editing, recording, and producing the show. We also have several pieces from our regular contributors. We begin this episode with our conversation with Jeff Foster. Rick Fedick will also weigh in on his relationship with Jeff and will conclude by listening to Jeff's tune, Roland K. Okay, guys, here we go. On three. One, two. Okay, Jeff. Actually, you're on the wrong side of the mic tonight. This is all about you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to being on this side of the window, I'll tell you. Uh, We've had the distinct pleasure of working with Jeff Foster from the very beginning of the show, and he has a little announcement to make. Uh, We've got a, a little shift taking place in the show, and after six years of loyal service, Mr. Foster is moving on to other endeavors. Yeah, yeah. Six years, 52 episodes, and I was part of the Brown County Hours since the very first planning meeting back in, what was that, 2009, wasn't it, Pam? Yeah. The very first meeting, and it took about a year of us, you know, getting together and talking about how we would put this show together and and all the time I kind of had my eye on the chair that I've sat in for the last six years it happened and I did the engineering on the on the very first show and every Tuesday night since and the rest is history but in uh in recent years you know it's I've been thinking that well you know I'm not getting any younger and and we've and we've all noticed that Jeff thank you so much thank you and it occurred to me that well you know if something were to happen to me that uh, the show would uh experience uh, a little bit of an issue so um so I started scouting about for someone who had uh, the particular skill set that this job requires and I was very very fortunate fortunate to uh, to have stumbled well I didn't stumble across him he's, he's an old friend Mr. Chuck Wills who uh, is now on the other side of the window hi Chuck that's right Chuck is now recording you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it took a little bit of uh, you know prodding prodding yeah talking. encouragement I think all of us encouraged him uh, we sent him friendly emails for uh, 
what mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Or oh, uh, I'm sure it was like, please take Foster's <laughs> place. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. No, but uh, but he uh, he finally acquiesced. We were up in my home studio doing a mix of an episode here two or three months ago. And I said, uh, so Chuck, what do you think? He said, I can do this. I'm in. So he's taking over the engineering, the final post-production of the show, as well as uh, eventually the uh, the website, which I built at the very beginning and have been uh, managing all these years. So kudos to Chuck Wills. Hey, yes. Thanks, Chuck. So uh, you're moving to Welcome, Boca Raton and drinking pina coladas for the rest of your exactly, life? Exactly, yeah. No, I'm just uh, doing what I do otherwise, except that I'll have Tuesday nights free. You know, yeah. I'm still playing music, do my uh, regular Wind Down Wednesday gig at the Hobnob, yeah. which I'm into my fourth year doing that. Well, I'm kind of between bands right now. I still do some weekend work kind of chilling, you know, and, and I'm doing a lot of work around the house, building a pier earlier this week. Yeah, he's had my nail gun for a year. Yeah, and tried to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I offered to buy that fair and square. Now. For the record. Well, if we could digress a little bit, I did have a question because as or before this got started, you weren't really associated with WFHB and you didn't live in Brown County. So what actually made that connection? That is right. When the Brown County Hour started, I mean, it was like, okay, this is made by Brown Countyans for Brown Countyans. Because I'd been playing music, you know, at the Chateau and BCI and various places for a long time prior to actually moving to Brown County. I was I had a lot of friends here, not least among them Pam. That I was uh, I was given a pass yeah. out of desperation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it was like you know the show needed someone to do that stuff. And back then I was I was still living in Ellettsville, and I'd come over and gather the stuff and take it home and do the final post production work on it. But um, in 2012, uh, my wife Rhonda and I decided to move to Brown County, and since then, I don't think I've I maybe missed one Tuesday because mm-hmm. I was sick or something. But well, I think know. you went to Florida for. Well, there was that. Yeah, 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 I was on vacation. We've seen a lot of people come and go, haven't we? Oh well, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I have mixed feelings about it. I'm glad that the show is moving on into into Chuck's hands. He's he's a younger man. He's very very involved in the local music mm-hmm. scene in his own right, and as a lead guitar player in Carrie Ray's band, who is now also mm-hmm. part of the Brown County. Era. To be honest, what I will miss is the good camaraderie of, of our meetings here. I mean, our meetings are just exceptional. I mean, it's, they're witty, they're funny, they're uh, talk about history, we talk about all kinds of things. And current this, events. Current events, definitely, in <laughs> politics and just everything imaginable. And it all happens, you know, just around the work that we do to put together the and show. And around Vera's food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, that, yeah. That, that's an that may be... <laughs> that, <laughs> that may be number one. No, Jeff will I'm be missed. mad. That's why you really came. Yeah, I may miss Vera's snacks most of all. And the friendships that we've created and reinforced here, that will be the part that I miss. The work, you know, I am totally happy to pass off the work to Chuck. Mm. And knowing that, uh, that that is in good hands, Right. I'm leaving it in the state that I wanted to leave it in, which is, you know, to do it responsibly. And Chuck has been, oh, he's been working with us now for, what, three months at least. 
least, yeah. if not four. Mm-hmm. And he's he's worked his way into you know following what I do. He's been to uh, at least two, if not three, mix down sessions and and was taking notes and I was showing him how the software works and how to do this and that. And he was just a, a great study on that and picked and it up really really he quick. He laughs at our jokes. Right. Well, yeah, right. which I, I That's important. He has his own humor as well, which uh, is uh, actually a job requirement. <laughs> oh yeah, you got yeah, you got to have a good Around sense here. of humor to to fit in with this crew. Yeah, it's a unique band. You know, I don't know. It's been it was a few years ago that we decided that a six person group is ideal. You know, three men, three women. So we cover all the points of view, and we're all different, but we uh, we all share this Brown County centric thing. You know, and we're all kind of you know have that attitude or outlook on things. And that's all the chairs we have too. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's true. Right. Without getting into the folding chairs, right? Which, well, and it would there. create a hierarchy that we really don't want. You know, well, one, that's right, yeah. one thing this show has done is we've learned a lot about the county that we didn't know. That's the right. The different people that came in and we interviewed. and Oh, yeah, so many great things. Uh, just a, a plethora of other things that, that are going on that, yeah, I wouldn't have known about necessarily otherwise. Authors and so, artists. Oh, yeah. Sam Fritch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My beat has been kind of handling the music, you know, mm-hmm. since I'm a musician. So I've, it's been my thing to contact various artists and bands and get them queued up to come in and, and participate in the show. And again, you know, I, a lot of them I, I, w- I would have had no exposure to their music otherwise, probably, you know, because well, I don't same get out. for our listening audience. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is, everyone benefits from this. Yeah. And then we have tremendously benefited from your many years of fine service, Mr. Mm-hmm. Foster. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, David. And it, debating some of your concepts. <laughs> well, yeah. That's right. Jeff is always enlightening or in, or in darkening. <laughs> well, we all have our unique points of view, yeah. and uh, and none of us are afraid to express them at this no. table. So and that's is, because we are friendly thing. and accepting. That's right. That's right. We are tolerant. That's we are right. inclusive. Well, I'm sure going to miss you, pal. It's been a great experience working with you. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, I suspect that uh, this will not be the last month that I walk through this door. Mm-hmm. I certainly hope so. I, you know, I'm toying with the ideas of how I might contribute content to the show, which I never have, really. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's, I've always done that, and I've just kind of stayed away from creating content for the most part. But, you know, who knows? Well, best of luck in everything that you do, Jeff. Thank you, David. Thank you, Rick. We'll miss you. Thank and you, Pam. we'll see you around the hood. <laughs> you bet. Thank you, Vera. Thank you, Carrie Ray. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. Yes, and thank you, Chuck. God bless the Brown County Hour. great symbols of America and what America stands for is the eagle. It's a symbol of beauty, strength, and power. 
Jeff Foster reminds me in many ways of that tremendous bird. Well, Jeff, two out of three ain't bad. I'll give you strength and power. We've all seen the film Bites, where the mighty bird swoops down and captures the prey and lifts the fish from the chilling waters of the lake. That's what happens when Jeff shows up and performs for you. He swoops in and captures your heart and mind for that short while and lifts you out of the cold, deep waters of the world that is so often our daily environment. To lift the fish from the water and carry it to the nest, the eagle uses its mighty talons to grip the fish. Like the eagle, Jeff has these remarkable talons. You should see the fingernails on this guy. If you ever meet him, take a look, but don't stare. He's sensitive. If he ever had to get a hold of you with that bowling ball grip, you'd wish you were that fish. I guess in many ways, Jeff does use those talents for food. Playing guitar is how he makes his living. Jeff uses those mighty nails to dance around the guitar strings like the eagle so beautifully flies through the air. Are you guys gonna, you want us to leave you alone? Aww. That was sweet. Very You are such a sweet guy. Volumta, which is Croatian for I Love You, was one of the first improvised tunes I put together using a MIDI guitar synthesizer, which is a guitar that can trigger synths, program music sequences, and do all the things that a keyboardist can do. I was among an early wave of guitarists who embraced this technology beginning in the mid-1980s when MIDI was invented. All the music you're hearing today is from my 1992 CD, Midnight in Zagreb, and was composed and recorded entirely using MIDI guitar along with acoustic, classic, and electric guitars. It took me about two years to complete, but then I've never been one to rush things.
Now we pause for station identification. Support for WFHB in the Brown County Hour is brought to you by Plum Creek Antiques, located at the intersection of 135 and 45 in downtown Bean Blossom, where visitors can buy, sell, or trade most anything. More information is available by calling 812-988-6268. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on volunteer-powered community radio WFHB at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. In this segment, we begin with another edition of My Brown County from Jeff Tryon. Rachel Perry shares an essay, and we'll hear Jeff Foster's tune, Memories of Zagreb. This is My Brown County with Jeff Tryon. The more I thought about what really makes Brown County Brown County, the more I began to realize how we each have our own particular Brown County. In a way, Brown County is what we each bring to it, what we find there for our own, what we each make of it. No one else sees it probably in the same exact way that I do. That's what makes it my Brown County. The Artists. While we may sometimes feel that more attention has been paid to the history of Brown County's art colony than other parts of Brown County history, we can't just skip over them. The first artists and their influence loom large in the story of how Brown County became Brown County. They unquestionably left their mark, or should we say, their view on what makes Brown County Brown County, what it means to be a Brown Countian. They did put us on the map, so to speak, alerting the whole world through their art of the little backwoods paradise they'd discovered. But, like Schrodinger's cat, By that very process, they altered inexorably the course that Brown County would take, what Brown County would become. The old story goes that Adolf Schultz, having heard about Brown County from his Chicago art buddies and even having made some preliminary sketching tours here, came upon T.C. Steele sitting on a pile of lumber that was soon to become the House of the Singing Winds, his home and studio above Belmont. The year was 1907 and the formation of Brown County's art colony was well underway. Artists had been coming to the wilds of Brown County to paint, usually from Columbus or Bloomington since the late 1800s, and by the time these two towering giants and guiding lights of the Brown County art colony arrived, the Chicago art world, which was well connected to the world at large, the East Coast and Europe, was beginning to know about this rural painter's paradise in southern Indiana. When the Illinois Central Railroad came to Helmsburg in 1906, it became relatively easy for artists to travel by train to Brown County, hiring a hack in Helmsburg for the trip to Nashville, where the Pittman House offered affordable rooms and meals. Many artists came for summers of painting and camaraderie, but a few stayed, put down roots, dug in, and left their mark on Brown County permanently. This anecdote shows Steele as preeminent among the artists, more established, more successful, always aloof somewhat from Nashville and the art scene there. Yet, he is the first to move in, 
stake his claim. A pioneer in the style of natural expressionism, he already knew it was about the unique colors and a special kind of light. He was here. He had put down his roots. Steele was 20 years older than the other artists, an established and successful member of the Hoosier School of Impressionist landscape painters such as John Otis Adams, Otto Stark, and William Forsythe. Steele was urban, sophisticated, international even, yet he thoughtfully and decisively committed his career to Brown County and plain air nature worship. Schultz had been coming to Brown County on sketching and painting trips since 1900. He had been searching for a more pastoral setting than his native Wisconsin, new ground, and he knew when he saw Brown County that he had found it. It was Schultz who said, All this country was enveloped in a soft, opalescent haze. A sense of peace and loveliness never before experienced came over me. He would be more of an everyday presence, a guiding force in the burgeoning art colony than steel. It was Schultz who donated the land on which the Brown County Art Gallery now stands. Schultz cultivated an old-world air with his goatee and string ties and a charming manner. He was something of a mystic and a deep thinker, a spiritual adventurer who arrived in Brown County, a Christian scientist, and later moved on to other spiritual theories and pursuits. One of the things we tend to forget about the first artists is that the Brown County landscape they found was not the one that we see today. The original old-growth forest had been almost completely cut down by the timber industry, leaving the hills of Brown County largely devoid of trees. The landscape had been transformed from one of almost complete tree cover to one in which most of it was cleared for crops and pastures. One of the things T.C. Steele and the other artists found alluring about Brown County were the views. Clear vistas of points many miles away were part of the charm. Ecological disaster led to cultural rebirth. Now Brown County is thought of as a place where people come to see the trees, the remnants of the great forest, especially in the fall of the year. But when the artists first came, it was the very lack of trees that made it appealing. There is a steel painting of the pergola at the House of the Singing Winds, and in the distant background, you can see Belmont. Now, you can stand in that exact same spot today, looking north with the pergola in the foreground, but you can't see Belmont. Nowadays, there's too many trees in the way. His wife, Selma, reported that Steele had once mused that we would one day need to clear away all of those pesky trees in order to restore those magnificent views. The arrival of the artist's marks or causes or coincides with the beginning of a characteristic fault line, a crack or fissure in the psyche of Brown County. The beginning of the us-versus-them mentality. The beginning of the idea that outsiders will come from somewhere else and change the thing we love. In some form or another, this psychosis runs deep and periodically reappears in the history of Brown County and its people. These flatlanders coming in here and telling us what we've got to do. They may be book smart, but we are hill smart. We've got natural wisdom. And thus, Abe Martin, the hayseed guru. Speaking of book learning, another set of interlopers that have been bugging us gnat-like since about this time period is all those college boys from over there at Indiana University. But that's a story for another day. The point is, Brown Countyans generally looked upon the artists more or less as invaders, a nuisance, if not a menace. It's a big story, 
We're going to stop right there and get back to this next time on My Brown County. She was a woman of independent means. Her granddaddy had owned most of the hills and hollers north of a new state highway, and when a failing sycamore killed her beloved papa only a month after her 21st birthday, she became sole heiress to his two-story ridgetop cabin. With a wail in the night, her mama had given up the ghost when Mattie, short for Matilda, was only three and still able to squeeze between shelves in the linen closet. There she would often hide, sniffing freshly laundered towels and listening to whatever foolishness went on as neighbors sat around the wood stove drinking white lightning. But none of that now that Papa was gone. Most of Maddie's neighbors had deserted their hard scrabble homesteads, fed up with clay soil and stones on the windy ridge. Only brambles thrived, rock-hard potatoes were often mistaken for geodes, and carrots grew stunted and woody. Their empty cabins became rotting lairs for wild things before slumping into ruins. Only spring daffodils remained to mark where they'd been. It wasn't an easy life keeping the old place going single-handed, but Maddie liked for everything to be in its place and was willing to do the work to make it so. Every morning she fed the chickens and milked the cow before she boiled her coffee. In springtime she allowed herself to eat hoe cakes on the front porch swing and listen for a spell to trilling wood thrush, then tackled her chores in earnest. Shake out rugs, fix the gutter, hoe the meager garden, bring in water from the well, wash bedspread, boil the beans, gather eggs, churn butter, split some wood, rewire corral fencing, and the list went on. Of course there were suitors. Doesn't every man want the secret of life, a wealthy wife? Or at least one with a pension? But Mattie didn't suffer any fools and sent each Romeo packing when he didn't pass her three-question test. Number one, how do you make root beer? Number two, what do you do for a colicky horse? Number three, what's the difference between cuddling and snuggling? Most managed the first two, but were completely baffled by the third question. One Sunday morning when Maddie heard faraway calls of the first sandhill cranes headed north, and shrill peepers came to life in bear wallows. A pudgy fellow came puffing up the rutted driveway. Maddie leaned on her rake and looked him over. Big feet, slope-shouldered, hair a little too long. But she liked his eye crinkles and the soft look of his faded flannel shirt. Who are you and what do you want? Maddie always got right to the point. I'm Jeb Mobley and I'm looking for Miss Matilda Deckard. When he offered his shy smile, she noticed deep dimples in each of his round cheeks. Well, you're looking at her. State your business. It's almost time for the spring blossom parade, he declared, and I'm Jones and Esquire you. Oh, I don't have any truck with that business. But when she saw Jeb's face fall, she relented. But all out would do me some good to get out. So that's how Maddie and Jeb sparked, and it didn't take long before he answered all three questions to her satisfaction, because he knew for a fact that you can snuggle alone, 
but serious cuddling requires two people. Well, Jeb came around most every day. He wasn't very handy, but cuddling with him was like being hugged by a big, soft bear, and he was warmer than a bed full of cats. He liked to sit on the front porch swing and strum his banjo and didn't seem to mind watching Maddie scurry around, washing, sweeping, preparing food, and tending the cook fires. Whenever she fixed supper, Jeb ate like a starved hound dog, but he always pushed away from the table hungry, for Maddie wasn't one for excesses, and she rarely served up anything but beans and root vegetables. Jeb noticed that the cow's milk didn't have much cream on top, and Maddie's hog looked more like a greyhound than a pig. Her rangy dog had a lean and hungry look. But he settled into her routine and even split some firewood every once in a while. So the summer swooped by like a bat on a balmy evening. When the nights got chilly, Maddie perceived that cuddling with Jeb changed. Instead of feeling the comfort of his bear-like hugs, his hip bones knocked against hers when they spooned. One night, when she heard something rooting around in the pantry, she lit a candle to investigate. Imagine her surprise when she found Jeb wolfing butter straight out of the pot. Why, Jeb, honey, are you that famished? He gave her a sheepish grin. Maddie, there's scarce a fat in this here ridge, and I don't rightly know how much longer I can take it. It did take a lot of convincing, but Maddie had gotten used to having Jeb around. So they moved together down to Greasy Creek, where Jeb taught her how to make fried biscuits and apple butter. And they grew old and fluffy together. A few years after they moved the state bought her old place and turned it into Yellowwood State Forest. And that, my friends, is how Scarce of Fat Ridge got its name. Memories of Zagreb, or Siechenia na Zagreb, is the tune that started the entire Midnight in Zagreb CD project, really. It was the fall and winter of 1988 that I lived in Croatia, then still part of Yugoslavia. I was sitting in Mama Ruzica's kitchen, and she said, Write a song I'd like. Well, I'm thinking first, it has to be in a minor key, because Croatians love minor keys. Then it should have a bit of a Latin groove, because that's kind of my thing. Then it had to be tragically romantic. Well, Memories of Zagreb really isn't all that tragic in tone, but the other two things came together, I think. I sat there and made it up in about 20 minutes. Just one of those things where the task and the inspiration aligned and the tune kind of wrote itself. I still love playing it.
Now we pause for station identification. Support for WFHB in the Brown County Hour is brought to you by Plum Creek Antiques, located at the intersection of 135 and 45 in downtown Bean Blossom, where visitors can buy, sell, or trade most anything. More information is available by calling 812-988-6268. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on volunteer-powered community radio WFHB at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. Our final segment will begin with a few words from naturalist Jim Eagleman. We also have the latest for a song from Carrie Ray. And Dave Seastrom brings us another essay. We'll close the show with Jeff Foster's tune, On the Road. Hello, this is Jim Eagleman, again, reporting this Nature News segment to all WFHB radio listeners for the Brown County Hour. If I mention a few names of plants to you, would you know what they are? Let's try it. Angel wings. Cowboy's handkerchief. Blue stain. Mam on a motorcycle. Horn o'plenty. Fly agaric. If you are a mycologist, a morel chaser... A fungologist, you will know these plants. They are mushrooms, or collectively the plant group known as fungi. Singular is fungus. Unique to them, they are non-chlorophyllic. They do not make food like green plants. They rather grow on the dead or rotting organic material and help break down and decompose the debris on the forest floor. Without the fungi, we would literally be knee-deep in twigs, logs, and leaves in the Brown County Forest. Mushrooms produce by spores. Think of them as tiny specialized seeds and do not need sunlight. The fruiting body, the actual plant you see poking its head up through the leaf litter that produces the spores isn't doing the decomposing. That's accomplished by the roots of the mushroom or mycelium. Mycelia is plural. These are tiny thread-like structures. When you kick at a piece of bark on a rotting log, the bark comes off and inside the bark or on the wood are these thread-like mycelia. Mycelia can live for a few hours to actually several thousands of years, as evident from some of the ancient tombs in Egypt. When new ground was unearthed and deposited outside, within a day or so, mushrooms were observed growing on the soil piles at the construction sites. Amazing. These small threads connect with the fibers, the veins, and the vessels in wood and leaves and dissolve and break down the plant tissue into usable nutrients the mushroom requires. Growth can be very fast, sometimes overnight, and within a few days, the mushroom will begin to deteriorate as it dries out. Mushrooms contain a lot of water, and the brittleness of mushrooms results from the drying out or the loss of water. Well, speaking of water, with all the rain lately in Brown County, mushrooms have sprung up in our woods, fields, and even on mowed yards. Have you seen them? The annual rainfall in this county is about 40 inches, and I suspect we are well over that total by now with the unusual wet spring and into summer. To the mushroom hunters in spring, it's the morel mushroom we look for. Much has been written about this tasty and somewhat elusive fungus with a sponge-lined cap. 
I know many Brown County folks who enjoy them, and I particularly like them filleted with filleted bluegill and my favorite frothy beverage. But truthfully, I'm not the champion morel mushroom hunter, quite the opposite. And that's why the chanterelle, now in its abundance in our woods, and can be found quite easily. To some, it's better in flavor, and I'd have to agree. The chanterelle mushroom grows singularly or in clumps, sometimes under leaves that partially cover them, and on the ground. I've not seen them on logs, but they can and do grow there. They grow to about five to six inches in height, are distinctly orange in color, and have the veins or gills noticeably on the stem that are fluted. The term for this vein arrangement is decurrent. They can be dried for later consumption and used with the food dryer. Kept in a jar and used in your favorite recipe, the chanterelle can be used when any mushroom is called for. As with all mushrooms, be certain of the ID. Hunt with a friend. Consult a mycologist at a university or a specialist before consuming. Of course, this is true with all natural foods. Berries, leaves for tea, roots, and nuts. Collecting can be done legally in all Indiana state parks and state forests, but check first for all Nature Conservancy lands. Collecting is not allowed on Sycamore Land Trust sites. In recipes, it's generally known that the dried mushroom enhances the flavor of food. They shrink as they dry and can be reconstituted somewhat in the cooking process by adding small amounts of water. The chanterelle can be pickled, too, and used in salads as an antipesto. A caveat usually told by some of my mushroom hunting buddies is there are old mushroom hunters and there are bold mushroom hunters, but there are, are you ready for this? There are no old, bold mushroom hunters. Enjoy the chanterelle mushroom growing right now. One more renewable and recyclable resource can be found by all in our Brown County woods. Thanks for listening. This is Jim Eagleman reporting for the Brown County Hour. Contacts, questions, please email me at studio at browncountyhour.com. Carrie Ray with another installment of For a Song. And if you'll indulge me a bit, I'd like to tread off my commonly beaten path to go back a bit. It was November of 2014, and I was sitting with my good friend and musical co-conspirator, Jeff Foster, in his upstairs studio in downtown Nashville. North. That's what we like to call it around here, Nashville North. I know there's one down in Tennessee somewhere, but from what I hear tell, things move a little too fast there for the likes of us. We prefer to wake up to the wren in time to see the dappled sunlight dance through the trees, only to sit on the porch watching the sunset to the song of the whippoorwill after a day of hard work or, better yet, of fishing our favorite little honey hole. There's simple joy, my friends, in the way a native panfish takes a fly on top and a shot of adrenaline in the way a largemouth or a smallie does the same. But I digress, as I often do. It is November, after all, and we are sitting in Jeff's studio, waxing poetic about guitars, music, and song. Like two old vets talking about their time in the trenches, separated by time and geography, but joined by their shared experience. Near the end of this particular rap session... Jeff makes note of how much I seem to like talking songwriting shop and suggests that it might be interesting fodder for a regular-ish segment 
on a radio show for which he, along with a fine team of folks, serves as producer. His compadres tended to agree, and I was certainly game. So I put pen to paper, and a month later, the first Forest Song aired in December of that year. I would later be invited to join the production team, but this songwriting segment is where my involvement with the labor of love we call the Brown County Hour began. The entire trip has been a great joy for me thus far, and I owe that joy, in part, to my friend Jeff for having the idea and helping me see it to fruition. So, as you can imagine, while I wish him well as he explores other outlets for his considerable talent, my happiness for him is seasoned with a sigh for me and all of us here at the Brown County Hour at his moving on. To eulogize his tenure with the show is to say I will miss his decidedly laid-back shuffle into the studio each week for our production meeting. His, why not, approach to new programming ideas. His well-established role as resident conspiracy theorist and the settled confidence of a man with little left to prove. In addition to our work together on the show, I'm proud to call him musical mentor and, more importantly, friend. Our new engineer and production partner is another old friend and a fella I respect a whole bunch, Mr. Chuck Wills. I look forward to seeing the impact of his infusion of creativity, passion, and ample skill. So, Jeff, here's to the next chapter for you and to ours here on the Brown County Hour. What will we think of next? Tune in every first Sunday and Wednesday to find out. I'm Carrie Ray, wishing you Godspeed and hoping you'll join me next time on For a Song. If you have ideas, questions, or topics you would like to have covered on For a Song, please send them along. You can reach me via the contact page of my website, carryray.com. That's C-A-R-I-R-A-Y dot com. Thanks for listening. I first met Jeff Foster in January of 2013 when I joined the show for episode 15. Jeff ran into my writing on Facebook and asked Pam Rader if she knew me and whether she thought I might fit in. According to Jeff, she said I'd be perfect for the gig. He and I spoke on the phone in December of 2012 and I attended my first meeting soon after. Right from the start, I understood that Jeff is a man of talent and humor and the two of us hit it off at our first meeting. As I recall that first meeting, the entire crew had a few good laughs as we each told our stories and got to know one another a little better. Our mutual relationship has grown over the years, and I believe you can hear that in the show. Up until episode 17, it took the crew two months to produce a one-hour radio show. But as we worked together, it became clear that our team was capable of doubling our efforts. As of episode 18, we began to produce a show every month. This meant more work for everyone, but the lion's share went to Jeff. Jeff is not only our sound editor, he also designs and maintains our websites, which include Brown County Hour site and the Woodwatch site as well. Woodwatch is an excellent example of where Jeff's creativity has contributed to the common good. Through this website, he's created a forum to discuss the eight-fold increase in the logging of our state forests and the management decisions that have led us here. Jeff has devoted himself to making the Brown County Hour what it is today. 
His expertise as a sound engineer can be heard on every show from the very beginning, and it's an honest assessment when I say that he alone is responsible for the sound and texture of the show. He's also a character, and you can hear much of that on some of the humorous edits and outtakes that he's blended into many of our shows. Over the last seven years, Jeff has been involved in every aspect of the show. He not only edits most of the spoken word pieces, he's also used his considerable talents as a sound engineer to make all of the live music recordings in our studio, and there have been quite a few. Speaking of musical guests, Jeff's personal gravitas as a musician and his considerable list of contacts, thanks to his many years in the music business, has opened many doors for the show and brought in many fine local musicians to be interviewed and often to perform live in our studio. When the Brown County Hour was temporarily homeless during the construction of the new History Center in Nashville, Jeff opened up his personal studio to the crew, and for one entire winter, we recorded the show there. He also organized the big fundraiser we had at the Brown County Inn. He not only selected and invited the musical talent who performed that night, he arranged for the sound system and the fellow who operated it. Thanks to his efforts and the hard work of the crew, we were able to raise enough money for our project, and today we enjoy the benefits of a much upgraded sound studio. Jeff's creativity isn't confined to just the Brown County Hour. He's also a well-known local musician whose performances have been enjoyed by many of us in the community. In between remodeling his house and all of his other activities, he also teaches banjo and guitar. Sadly, for those of us on the Brown County Hour crew, this show, episode 53, will be Jeff's last. After seven years in the saddle, he's ready for new adventures, and given his outlook and talent, we're all looking forward to see what he'll do in the next chapter of his life. Jeff's devotion to the show has included training our new sound engineer, Chuck Wills, who has been working with us for the last couple of months. This is typical of Mr. Foster. He cares enough about this show to make sure there's a smooth handoff, and thanks to his efforts, that's exactly what's happened. Jeff has promised to stop by every once in a while, and of course we'll be able to see him when he performs at the various music venues here in Brown County. At the risk of sounding a little corny, I sure will miss you on Tuesday nights, my friend. It's been a real privilege working with you. On behalf of the entire crew, we wish you fare thee well in all that you do. And thank you for all that you've done for the Brown County Hour. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time. On the Road, or Necesti in Croatian, is part of an extended medley from the CD. I was first chair drummer in my high school band and loved playing with percussion. So first I came up with a drum groove I liked and started throwing other things at it. There's bass and classic guitar, of course, as well as organ, a string section, a trumpet solo on the bridge, a straight-ahead electric guitar shred, a fast arpeggiated background pulse, maybe some other stuff I've forgotten.
Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to these selections from my 1992 CD, Midnight in Zagreb. It was fun to finally air them on the Brown County Hour. Don't ask where you might buy a copy, though. It's long out of print. But if you'd like to learn more about the CD and stream all the tracks for free, visit streamdancer.com slash Zagreb and be my guest. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to episode 53 of the Brown County Hour, recorded in our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville, and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. The Brown County Hour is brought to you by a diverse group of folks that believe the world is for everyone. And before we go, a last-minute update to let you know that our own Jeff Foster, competing on a world stage at the Indiana Fingerstyle Guitar Festival, has done us all proud by bringing the bronze home to Brown County. You've been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County home.